Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Sam Rust. With us today is Scott Smith. Scott Smith is with Royal Legal Solutions. Uh, before founding Royal Legal Solutions, Scott was an aggressive litigator battling major insurance companies. And through those experiences, learned firsthand the tactics that attorneys will use to win lawsuits. He brings this knowledge to bear when setting up business structures to protect your assets. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Sam. Great to be here, brother. So I have to ask, as I was digging in on your background a little bit, I noticed you went to Hillsdale College and you were active in debate. And then you go from there into litigation. You have a, a long thread, it seems, of uh, enjoying being in the courtroom or in that environment, going from there to asset protection. That's a, a little bit of a jump. What led to that change in, in outlook for you? Well, when I was in uh, law school, actually, I ended up uh, buying my first commercial property and running a transmission and auto repair business and uh, flipped the property and the business to graduate from law school uh, without any debt. From there, I went to go work inside a litigation where I'm suing major insurance companies turns out the insurance companies really love uh, collecting premiums and denying coverage as the core of their business model. We spent two years suing them, but I was making more money while I was doing my real estate than I was being an attorney. And so I quit practicing law and just focused on real estate and scaled my real estate to accomplish uh, my own financial freedom. And what happened was then everybody that was in my circle of uh, meetup groups went over asking me like, hey man, what are you doing for your asset protection, your state planning, your tax? Like, how are, you, how are you doing all that together? So as I helped a few of them, then they were like, you got to go and share this stuff on Bigger Pockets, another major like podcast about real estate. So I did a Bigger Pockets episode, podcast, you know, 109. And then I just gave out like my personal cell phone and email because I was like, nobody's going to hit me up about this. I mean, five people would, but then I ended up having like 30 people a day calling me here. And I was like, oh my God, like I got to. And I got forced into like having to start a company that was around this. And it really hit home for me about how important it was and asset protection for me. Because uh, I had a friend of mine that lost over $3 million in real estate from a single lawsuit. And if he would have done any type of asset protection, besides just solely relying on his insurance and holding everything in his personal name, he wouldn't have lost that money. So I was like, holy smokes, people got to know you can't hold assets in your personal name and think that insurance is going to protect you because it's just not enough. It's insufficient. I want to go backwards a little bit before we go forwards and dive into the nitty gritty on asset protection. You kind of glossed over that you bought an auto business and flipped the business and the real estate itself to pay for college. Did you have a background in the auto industry or what piqued your interest and drove you to do that? I had a partner that was raised in car repair and transmission repair. So then it's just some really basic business modeling to be like, how much money do we really have to make it this stuff? You know, we put a lot of almost all of the profits besides what we needed to live off of back into the building itself. And then that let us be able to improve the asset like a typical burst strategy, you know, might be. Uh, we didn't know what that was at the time. We just made sense to us like, hey, let's make the money and build the asset because the, the real estate will be worth a lot more because we can put in the sweat equity of like rebuilding the walls and, and doing all that good stuff. I don't know, man. It's part luck, part being stupid. It's part just having big cojones just to like go and let it roll and be like, cool, let's just try this out. And we buy, were able to buy the building and the business for like the back taxes. So it was only 10 grand. So between the two of us, it was just five grand a piece. So we're like, okay, what's our worst case scenario? 
somebody's going to buy this property with all of this stuff in it for 10 grand. So like at least. So I was like, worst case, we sell this thing in six months. We're like, wow, we really worked our ass off. and didn't make any money at it. But the best case was, you know, as it turned out, right, where I got to be one of the few people from my law school to not have debt coming out of school. So I got to do whatever I wanted to coming out of law school. Oh, that's fantastic. And I would imagine you learned almost as much by running that business as you did in law school, certainly in the world of entrepreneurship you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. And that's where I really learned that like everything is a business, right? Like everything is a funnel. You know, once you study marketing funnels, you're like, oh, everything in life is actually a funnel. And then I was like, oh, everything is really a business. There is no difference between business and life. It's just a different lens to be able to reflect like what is our level of knowledge? How do we apply that to get the results we're looking for? And this idea that we separate out business from life skills or extrapolated skills is just too narrow of a focus. So really like running that business for me, like blew up the world of possibilities of like what, what's actually possible for me to go do? Why is like being a lawyer not even close to being enough for me? Like, because I was like, that's just one little facet of this big puzzle of like, how do we actually build stuff? And now I'm focused on how do we accomplish financial freedom through real estate investing? Like, what's the predictable mechanical ways that you're able to drive through that? Just like you have business models that you drive through to create a business, there's predictable paths to uh, financial freedom through tax planning. They're already figured out. There's nothing else out there to figure out. There's some nuances to people's individual situations. That's 5% of like what it really is. And so that's why we're able to help clients in all 50 states. We have over 2000 clients, a team of four attorneys, 30 staff members that are just focused on that one question, financial freedom through real estate investing. What's the absolute best ways to do it? Yeah, you get to learn one set of skills and then all of your life improves in every area, not just like one area, right? And so I coach on a lot of that. We have like weekly coaching calls that I'll do with uh, me and my staff that are really responsive to it's just community source questions. So like last week, we're in the third week of it. Last week, we had 70 people show up live and to, wow. to participate in these coaching calls. So that's three, three. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible that we have all these people that are coming in. And then it's me and my staff or my network that are directly like piping. Here's all the best information that we have about whatever the questions you guys have going on. And then we have all these video databases of for just like those standard questions, you know, like the questions you get like a hundred times, right? Like, do I need an LLC? Like, awesome. I already have that whole thing charted out for you. It's in this 30 minute video. You need to go watch this. This is where it explains it to you. So we're building like this awesome, super high level type of coaching that like you know, allows you to create new content each week and then be responsive to just the needs of the community without having to backtrack or water it all down. So as my complaint about coaching or podcasts, et cetera, I was like, oh my God, how many times have I heard this stuff? I'm so tired of hearing the same stuff. That's the problem that we're trying to solve, which is like, oh, you actually need like a collateral database to be able to source the questions, pair it with the collateral that's already there and just keep your coaching calls to like, what's new? Like, what are the new things that we need to pull people in from the outside? Um, and that's why I personally do them and I pull my network into it because I can't handle talking about boring stuff. Especially things in, whether it's real estate or in law, where it's basic blocking and tackling. I mean, how many expert books have we both read, read that, you know, it's 150 to 200 pages, but really the content could be distilled down to a, a 10 page white paper. If that it's just a bunch of marketing terms and chapter headings, essentially. Yeah, dude, I'm not about that kind of learning anymore. It's too slow for me. That's what we're, that's what we're working on right now is like, how do we increase that learning curve and keep it Keep it on a cutting edge, like what's pertinent and topical instead of like, oh, cool, here's another book. Well, in an effort to do that, I was on your LinkedIn profile 
And I just want to read something that I found on there and then ask you to elaborate. From your LinkedIn bio, it says, here's the best way to protect yourself, no matter where you live or where the assets are. A series LLC with anonymity trusts. I don't know what a series LLC is or an anonymous trust. Walk us through why is that the best way to protect yourself? When you think about like protection, one is our best sign of protection that we have is insurance because that's the cheapest thing that's going to protect you most of the time, right? Then what you have to think about is how do I make myself like rich people? Well, rich people don't own things. They have companies that own things for them. So you sue a rich person and you should be able to get nothing from them because they don't own anymore. You can sue them all day long, right? They have another company that's their asset holding company that holds all of their different assets. Inside of asset holding companies, there's a lot of different options that you can go for, right? But what you want to be looking for when you're looking at the question of what type of asset holding company I need, you're asking yourself, what's going to provide the best protection with the lowest ongoing cost, lowest upfront and ongoing cost? It's like a cost-benefit analysis to hedge against risk, same way you would think about like what insurance would be. But it closes that last like 15 to 20% of risk that insurance can't cover. Insurance only covers you from negligence claims. They don't cover you from any other type of claim for breach of contract, fraud, gross negligence, any type of intentional act. No, it's not going to cover any of that, right? So you have to have an asset holding company to cover you, whether you end up like my friend who lost that $3 million from that lawsuit from a breach of contract claim and a, a deal that had nothing to do with the real estate. So the reason I like the series LLC is because it allows me to like bucketize every single investment I do. So that way, if there's a lawsuit regarding that one investment, they can't get to any of those other investments and they can't get to me. And then I like to hold all of the assets and the companies inside of trusts that are layered in with that series LLC. So I get to make, I get to hold all of my companies and all my assets and place all my investments anonymously. So people can't find out what it is that I own when they're trying to look to say like, is this a person to sue? And also, it also doesn't show other people that might be trying to find out like, what is Scott investing in? I don't like that either. I like to be very close to the chest with like, where am I pushing my investments? Because I like having privacy around what it is, um, what it is that I'm doing. And it makes me get, it gives me higher peace of mind. And the best system we've been able to find that is using a series LLC in conjunction with the anonymous trust to hold either your hard assets for any type of like hard real estate you hold directly or inside of your syndication investments. Uh, that might come up too, right? Imagine being able to place your syndication investment says no matter what happens in that investment, even if they try to go after the limited partners because there's some type of heinous act that was committed, right? As part of the inside of that investment. One, I'm anonymous that it comes to on any of the rules of like, who are the investors there? And number two, I know that my losses, even in my worst case scenario, where they pierced the LLCs of the operators that were putting together the deal, is that I only lose the amount of money I put in that deal. And that's why you need it, even as a syndication investor, you need an asset holding company to be placing your investments through. Looking at passive investors for a moment, you know, folks who are just taking W-2 income and they're investing it into syndications, at some point you get a big enough pile of assets that it's just worth going to the effort of shielding everything that you have. But maybe for somebody who's invested, let's say under half a million dollars, and maybe they're in three or four different syndications, how exposed are they if they're investing in an LLC that has that insurance, they're a junior or a limited partner? What type of exposure do those folks actually have? Because I've gotten different answers depending on whom I'm asking. Some people say, oh, you've got to level up to the hilt and you've got to have all your LLCs and everything else. And some people say, ah, don't worry about it. maybe you have a master LLC that holds all those entities. So it's one degree of separation, but maybe you don't need to go to the nth degree. What's your opinion for the passive investor? 
that's the reason I like the series LLC because I think it floats the best of all possible worlds. Why would you want to do nothing? You want to do nothing because it costs money and it's a pain. And it might you might think hey, it's a pain in the ass to have to maintain the and maintain an entity. I don't want to do that. So I'll just do nothing and I'll just like place the investment inside of my personal name. As a syndication investor, is that pretty safe? Probably because you're a limited partner in an LLC. And that's what LLCs are there for is to protect the limited partners, right? So even in that circumstance, like you have some type of protection because your money is there inside of that LLC if that investment blows up, but you run other risks. Like what happens if I get into a really bad car accident? And now I have like this judgment they're trying to come after me of that exceeded the limits of liability in my car insurance policy. Even though I made the investment and my investment is safe, when the money gets repaid to me, they're going to seize it. That sucks. I don't want to do that. So I'd say, well, then you got to have an asset holding company. An asset holding company is there for us to make sure when the investment gets paid out, it doesn't hit you personally because you are incurring risk all the time. All the time in your life, you're incurring risk. You're sending emails to people, text phone calls, driving your car. All of those things are great ways to get sued. Like you got to make it where you can get sued all day long. It doesn't matter to you because your money and assets are still protected. And when that's the case, what happens is you actually don't get sued. Because the business of lawsuits is I need to make sure that after I sue you, I can get to your money because that's how the attorneys and everybody gets paid. So all we do is focus on what's the business of lawsuits. We're just going to make sure that it's a bad business decision to come after any of our clients. Well, that makes a ton of sense. I hadn't ever thought about it quite that way, maybe because I'm a sponsor and I'm more focused on like sponsor level and, and a lot of this stuff really does matter. So we try to structure all those things like you're saying. But from a limited partner perspective, it's not necessarily that somebody's going to attack the investment head on and, and reach through the investment to you. It's coming in the back door, so to speak, in the rest of life that we live in a fairly litigious society. Yeah. And so like, that's where you'd say, like, great, at least have one LLC. If you're not going to do anything else in your life, at least have an LLC because like your business write-offs then look more legitimate to the IRS because it looks like you have a business that's running in here, right? So you're less likely to get audited. And that if you happen to have some lawsuits in your personal life, let's say you're a doctor or whatever, right? Then you don't have to care about that. And at the bare minimum, you should have that. Have that LLC that's going to own all, all of your syndication investments. Now we have clients that are saying like, well, actually, I would like to be able to have like additional security in that too, right? I want to know that even if the operator's deal blows up, that it can't blow back on me or my other investments. Or I want to place my like investments with those operators anonymously. And so you can use some revocable trust structures that are super cheap to be able to place those investments and have the anonymity on your ownership of your own asset holding company and the ownership of the asset itself. So there's like layers to it, but like the reality is like, that's the conversation that you have with your advisor is what's like the minimum I should do. And then like, great. Do you want to do anything else that's above that? Cause there's options. If you're like, no, I actually feel okay about that. Cool. Then just do the minimum. And you can build. And if you need to upgrade later on because your net worth increases, cool. Then upgrade later on. But that's those are individual conversations because they have to do with like, what is your risk? We always advise people on like, here's what we see as best practices from what our clients are doing. So that way, because a lot of people are like, I just want to know what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is doing this. And I'm the only dude that's out here thinking something different. We have over 2,000 clients and working all 50 states and every type of real estate. We know the financial modeling that goes behind the types of investments that our clients are making from my personal experience being an investor, as well as the other real estate investors that work inside of Royal Legal Solutions. But we also know 
like profiling out, like, here's what we see most people doing. This is where like what makes sense to most people that are like doing the thing you're doing. Do you have any guidelines, you know, based on net worth? And I, I know that asset protection, some of it is unique to individuals, but you said earlier, you know, 5% or less is actually unique, but like, is it $1 million, you know, zero to 1 million, maybe you have the bare minimum, then one to five, you have the next step. And then, you know, maybe a top tier at 10 million and above, or, or where would you put those lines as folks are evaluating their own situation and, and what lengths they need to go to? Yeah. So for a bulletproof type of basic bulletproof structure formed by an attorney, well-crafted, well-maintained, you're typically looking at costs that are like under $1,500 for a setup underneath like $500, or $500 a year to maintain, $500 to like $800 a year to maintain, fully maintain it, right? Well, I always ask people as like, to close the other, the gap of whatever else could happen in your life, because once that thing happens, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do to protect yourself. Is it worth $1,500 to protect your $200,000 to make sure if something horrible happens, you don't have to worry about losing it? What does that mean to you if you end up with a lawsuit? And they go and like that can, they can threaten the $200,000. How likely are you to pay out whatever it takes to make the lawsuit go away to make sure that you don't lose the 200K? Because in this country, you can get sued for as much money as, as you want to into it. How much is that worth to you? It's probably worth $1,500, right? <laughs> to be able to say like, great, I can just take that whole pile of risk off my plate and don't have to worry about it. But there's also something a little deeper in here, Sam, which is not just like the one consideration of, what's the best asset protection and what does that go with risk profile or whatever, right? There's a deeper consideration here is like, what do the predictable ways that people get wealthy, what systems and processes do they put in place? What is the infrastructure that's put in place predictably that relates to people having that net worth? What happens is when you'll see time and time again is the people that most predictably reach to the top, whether it's gonna be a business, investing, whatever the case is, they're cognizant and aware of what are all of the buckets of the things they need to do. And they start really small in each of those buckets. And a way to say, great, I'm gonna do a little in each bucket because I know that process needs to run. I need to, so in this case, right, it'd be like, I'm gonna dip my toe into asset protection and tax strategy. Not because it's gonna be this monster mover for me today, it's because I know that behaviorally, I need to be thinking about this. I need to have a rhythm and guidance and community of people, hopefully you're surrounded with and a mentor, hopefully that you're with, that's gonna help guide you through what are the appropriate next steps you need to be taking on each of those buckets. It's the question everybody asks, but I think in a lot of ways it's the wrong question because if what we're really after is durable financial freedom through real estate investing and what does that need to look like? Well, then there's a system and process that you follow to do that and that you grow at incrementally at whatever level you're at but you put some energy, some money into each bucket. So that way it's not just totally off your radar. Because what happens if it's not? Then you're growing your net worth and you're focused on your net worth build and you just don't ever think about tax or you never think about asset protection. You don't even worry about that side. But if you did a little bit of investment into that side of it, you would get a huge amount of gain because the 80-20 principle tells us I only need 20% to get most of all of the gain that's going to happen there. So why don't we just diversify our energies into being like, cool, what's that 20% that I can do? What's the 20% that's appropriate for me? If it's a, the zero or zero or one, like this binary decision-making, in my mind, doesn't make any sense. The only thing that makes sense is what's the 20% I need to be doing in that area to make sure I'm covering off on it. That makes a ton of sense. Put in the least amount of effort to get the most amount of return, right? 
keep scaling that as you grow. I know speaking personally, asset protection has been become more important over the last couple of years as our business has grown substantially. It really comes down to laziness. Can't, will I dedicate the time? It's not even that much time, but will I take the time to sit down, wade through some organizational documents for even 10 minutes? It's not like it's going to be that long of a chore. It just, it doesn't sound fun. You know, what sounds fun is innovating and finding that next deal to go walk, you know, all those things. But it's really important, as you said, if you're going to ascend the ladder, if you're going to achieve financial freedom, you have to do the little things along the way. Inevitably, you'll stub your toe. If you stub your toe without the proper shields in place, that can be, you know, life-altering. Yeah, it's, it's a life-altering toe stub. The other piece of it, too, I think, is that we realize that people actually won't do this on their own. Like, they won't do even the small amount of work on their own that it would take to be able to, like, appropriately maintain the entities that we would set up. That would great. Well, that's actually not serving our objective. Our metrics of success in our company is, like, how many people do we get to financial freedom, right? What do we have to do to do that? So what we did is we developed what we call, like, a peace of mind program that's under 50 bucks a month. And what it is, is it gives you unlimited access to our customer support team for any questions that you have. And it gives you at least two meetings a year where you're going to meet with the attorney team and talk about, cool, let's review anything that you've done here in the last six months or last quarter, right? What are you going to be doing here in the next quarter or next six months? And then let's make sure we clean anything up that you screwed up in the last six months, like prospectively plan what's going to happen in the next six months. So that way you have somebody to talk to that holds you accountable to doing it. And when you have somebody else that's holding you accountable, it doesn't suck as bad. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm just going to go meet with Bob. It's my, every six months I spend 30 minutes or every once a quarter I spend 30 minutes to an hour with Bob. And we just hammer out all that crap that I don't want to look at on my own. And Bob just walks me through it. And by now an hour, I don't have to think about it anymore. And then I'm, I'm gone for the next piece of it. And that's actually made it where people are much more on top of all of the things they don't like. And they're like, cool, but it's a really small time investment. So it's a way that we've been able to create a better uh, support system for people that otherwise would be like, I don't want to do that on my own and I don't really want to do it at all. So for less than a cup of coffee a day, since that's how we all measure things, apparently. (laughs) I guess pretty like drastically less. It's almost like half a cup of coffee a day. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Scott, as we're getting towards the end here, you've done a lot of different things in your career. Um, you Clearly, you're a motivated, driven person. You started a lot of different things. You have a, a lot of investments. You've been in real estate. But over the last six months, as we've started to come out of COVID and, and the business climate ever-changing, what's something that you've done that has improved your business substantially that you could point to maybe share with our audience? Yeah, really, the biggest thing has actually been inside of a more community-based interaction with people. So being able to get people through like the group coaching that we do multiple times a week and having direct me with direct access to all the people that we're serving uh, has allowed me to be much more responsive to like, here's the exact needs of my people, right? Of the people I'm serving. And it's actually hugely awesome in so many ways because I get to hear it directly. I don't have to actually guess about like, what are the things going on in the market? Everybody comes into the meetings and there's a way that we channel through breakout groups and facilitated questioning that comes through that source up to the top of like, here's the top thematic concerns of the group. And then I'm able to go research those if I need to, or able to speak directly to like, here's how I'm thinking through like that kind of critical issue. And so now we have this ultra, the supercharged, highly responsive community. And as a business owner, it's the best thing ever. There's like, yeah, like people that are like texting me, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed. Uh, or coming up the other call, like, I'm so grateful that you're doing this because now I don't have to think about 
what are the things I need to think about? Because I have this whole community that they're going to crowdsource all the questions for me. And then you're going to answer them, Scott, or you're going to pull in the expert that can answer it for it. I don't have to do anything if I don't want to. Or if I have questions about it, I have the, the way to be able to interact with it. I would say anybody that's out there that's looking to grow their business inside of a dynamic atmosphere that we have right now going on with markets and assets, et cetera, being a part of really highly connected groups is definitely the best way to stay on top of it. Definitely seems like with Web3 and some of these other emerging trends that building that community is one of the best, stickiest paths to success. If you're Because a community is only going to be based around something that's providing value. But if you can start gathering those people and bring value, uh, it's going to drive a lot of value for you as well as long-term value holder in that equation. So, uh, Scott, really appreciate your time today. How do you like to give back? You know what we have uh, here, actually, and I'm going to go ahead and drop it in the chat. It's rlspod.com slash res. And that links uh, directly, I think, to the show here. I'm going to go ahead and drop that in the chat for you. That's rlspod.com slash res. I think they're updating the uh, link to that actually right now. So by the time this airs, that'll be fully up um, for everybody. Um, but what that is, it's our collection of um, uh, 12 eBooks, videos, over four hours content of video. It's all of eBooks that are on all of our top strategies of, you might heard like solo 401ks, S corporations, C corporations, how people are doing tax, asset protection, retirement planning, whole overfunded whole life insurance policies. We got books written on all of these of our top strategies that we see real estate investors using that we would normally, you know, I don't know how much I could charge this. It would probably be like over $500,000 to be able to get all of that content if we were selling it. And we give it to everybody for free because we believe in giving all the information. That's our servant leadership, right? Our servant leadership is that we actually give all the information away for free and we give it away to everybody so that way they can do whatever they want with it at that point, whether they want to use us to help execute on it or they want to do it on their own, whatever way that happens, but all the information comes and is given to everybody there. And you can get all of that if you just go to rlspod.com forward slash RES, download that vault of materials. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that, Scott. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. So for those of you who are listening and want to check that out, uh, look in those show notes and you should be able to find those resources. Uh, Scott, thank you again for your time. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. I'm your host, Sam Russ, signing off. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.